there's nothing quite as comforting as gathering around with mom friends and sharing stories. Stories have a way of making us feel better and they're great reminders that no family is perfect and that's okay. So join us as we share some stories and laugh, learn, and grow together. It's the iMom Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the iMom Podcast. This week's story comes from Megan. I'm Abby. Susan, the creator of iMom and Megan's mom is with us. And so is Chloe, iMom's social media manager. And I am so excited about today's story. The first time I ever heard it, I grew in my love and affection for Megan. So <laughs> Megan, today's story is called While You Laughed. <laughs> at, at, at the expense of my dignity. <laughs> today's story is called I'm a genie in a bottle, dad. <laughs> so, oh gosh, I think I was nine years old because I think in 1999, Christina Aguilera released uh, this, the very popular song, I'm a genie in a bottle. And I don't know how I came across it. I think it was just really popular at the time. And I think, you know, young girls were listening to it and middle school girls were talking about it, whatever it might be. But I uh, knew I was not allowed to listen to Christina Aguilera. There's a number of popular artist, Britney Spears, I was not allowed to listen to. And that devastated me because as a elementary middle school aged girl, you want to be in, in, in the know and in with the in crowd. And so I knew I wasn't supposed to listen to her, but I went over to a friend's house and my friend was allowed to listen to her or maybe she wasn't, but on the opposite side of the house. Yeah. Yeah. We were listening to Christina Aguilera and even better, my friend had cable, which we did not at the time. And so we were able to watch the music video and learn the whole dance. Mm. With a little fringy top she had on. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And mom, do you remember how I got caught? I don't. I I can't even remember which friend this was. (laughs) I'm not going to say her name. Here we go again. So I'm actually going to see her in a couple of weeks. I'm going to ask Did her this podcast, Megan is just making oh, enemies. Seriously? <laughs> it, was, it was her. Gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I'm going to see her in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be like, remember when we uh, learned the whole Christina Aguilera dance? Um, but anywho, I don't know how I got caught listening to it. Oh, I think it was maybe I borrowed her CD Ooh. and was listening to it at home. And that's how I got caught or something like that. You were probably standing up in your bed doing the dance. And I was like, what? I don't know. You know which is really <laughs> funny to think back on now because. I literally can't imagine myself doing that. But anywho, so I got caught and my parents were like, do you even know what she's saying in this song? And I was like, no, I just like the song. I don't really care. And they were like, okay, well, we're going to go downstairs. And this is when, you know, you have one PC, one massive computer in the house. And it's like in, in the family room office. So we went downstairs and my parents made me print out the lyrics to the song. So I print out the lyrics and even worse, they made me read them out loud. (laughs) So I'm nine and I'm reading these lyrics. Okay, pause here. I have asked Chloe to (laughs) read read the lyrics lyrics of Genie in a Bottle. I'm just going to read the turnaround in the chorus. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) My body's saying, let's go. Oh, 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 but my heart is saying no. If you want to be with me, baby, there's a price to pay. I'm a genie in a bottle. You got to rub me the right Mm-mm. way. <laughs> if you want to be with me, I can make your wish come true. Just come and set me free, baby, and I will be with you. 
Uh, you're blushing right now. Note for the audio. I wish anyone listening to this could see my face because I'm. She's picturing cringing. her father. <laughs> if you knew Mark, dying. My body's like, dying. saying, "Let's go, Dad." I was probably. I was probably covering up laughter. Oh. I was probably thought this whole was hilarious. Uh, geez. So, so yes, yeah, so walk my... us through that moment, Megan. Like how 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 are you feeling? There? Well, you... as I'm reading it, I'm like realizing what it says. And how awkward it is to read it in front of my dad, because of course, when I'm with my friends, it's like, you know, funny or whatever. And I'm just like reading the lyrics, dying that I'm having to read this in front of my parents and kind of realizing what it says and being like, okay, you know, this isn't like the most wholesome thing to read in front of your parents as a nine-year-old. Um, but at the same time, it did make me kind of realize what was being said because mm-hmm. I, you know, we just thought it was like a catchy song and it was fun and we thought Christina Aguilera was cute and fun. So that was my punishment. And then I kind of, like I said, I realized what was being said and they were like, this is why we don't want you to listen to this kind of music. I understood their point as a middle schooler didn't necessarily change my mind on what I wanted to listen to and, Mm -hmm. you know, be in the in crowd, but I did get their point. Yeah. I I love that story forever (laughs) because it's just such a vivid, good for your dad to you know put you on the spot and I don't think it was his idea I think my mom made him be there (laughs) I knew it would be easy to read it to me Mm. yeah but to read it and and you know that is the presence of um an authority figure is Mm. it it helps identify just what's wrong it's like you know when we stand before God are we going to feel a lot more uh conviction about what we do than when we stand in front of our friend Mm -hmm. yeah I used Thank to. Thank God they didn't make me do the dance. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was a dance. Had I known that you guys were practicing the dance, I would have loved to have seen that. There's a video oh we're God. definitely putting in the show notes. <laughs> but you know, that's yeah. what that, I, I hope people heard that was her consequence just to read it. Yeah. It's not like she was punished. Yeah. This is just like. This is a reality consequence. Mm-hmm. Let's really think about what you're singing yeah. before you start singing that to the guys at school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, did you guys, did any anybody else have music that they listened to or snuck back in the day? I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. I was mm-hmm. allowed to watch VH1 because at the time VH1 had just like, like maybe Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston was like the edgiest stuff. Not really even Mariah Carey yet. But MTV was the the channel that had all really racy stuff, you know. So I would turn on MTV, but then when my parents got home, I would switch to VH1 and then turn off the TV. So if they turned the TV back on, it was on VH1. And so, the, you know, they're like, oh, she was just watching VH1. My mom would come home and like feel the television to feel if it was hot. So, yeah, I, I don't think I ever got away with that. But um I didn't really sneak music, but I remember being embarrassed by some of the stuff that, that I, that I wanted to listen to. I asked for a George Michael tape one year yeah, and they bought me the wrong one. And the one they bought me, the title of the album was, I want your sex. Oh no. Do you remember oh. that album? They bought you that? I think that my grandmother bought it for me. Actually. Oh, way to go. I, I don't think I don't. <laughs> she didn't know. She didn't read it. She's like, well, Abby's going to learn something. <laughs> I, I just heard that come out of my mouth that my grandmother bought me that. And it, it sounds stranger oh than it gosh. was when it happened. But yeah, I, I remember being embarrassed when I opened this tape for my birthday or Christmas or whatever it was. Understand why. Right. But I mean, do you remember like back in the day, in, if you go to like the 
the record store or the you know music store, you had to buy like the CD off the wall and it was in this big plastic contraption. Yes. And some of them had like a red thing around it because that yeah. was the explicit lyrics or you had to be 18. So, so, so hear that. You go from where, when I was a child, literally, if you didn't have a, the record, you had to ask your parents, can I buy this record? To now kids have phones and people put their credit card on their kids' phones and and iTunes and they just buy stuff all the time. Oh, YouTube. Just go right. on YouTube. YouTube. Oh, exactly. Right. They go on YouTube. Yeah. It's yeah, free. You don't have to buy so it. Yeah. we've gone from protected to totally it's a free for all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It and is. there's really no way for parents to protect their kids anymore. Well, and even thinking back, lyrics. so Susan, when you were growing up, did you have a radio in your room? Like what did you have? No. In- no. We had a record had a player clock. in the living room. I mean, I had a clock, clock, clock radio. Yeah, I guess we did in my room that I could listen to the the radio on. No right. tape CDs or anything. And like then that. I had a car, and I had a car right. radio. But that's how kids could listen to music when they were younger. Maybe Walkman. we got the sure. Walkman. Yeah, but your parents were aware when you were listening to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or you had to sit out in the living room and listen to yeah. what everybody else was listening to. Did you have a TV or a anything in your room, Chloe? Um, I did have a TV in my room, but we did not have cable. <laughs> So I wasn't really watching stuff. The only thing I owned was Shrek on VHS. <laughs> nice. Um, but <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, but I had like a, a radio in my room. And then I think probably around the time I was, I had to be in like the fifth grade is when I was really kind of learning how to look up music mm-hmm. and have access to a whole library of music. I only had 30 seconds of the song because I didn't have the full, <laughs> right. tr- the full membership, but still. <laughs> but I mean, just look at how much things have changed from like kids who were not allowed to have a TV in their room, which I think a lot of kids mm-hmm. were in that boat, to now every kid has the entire world basically in their hand if they have mm-hmm. a phone. The internet, which is all the music, all the shows, everything that they could possibly want to see that parents aren't even aware of. Well, the Association of American Pediatrics clearly says that what kids watch and listen to affects their behavior. Mm. And Chloe, you were mentioning that early, that that we're seeing a rise in what? Uh, Um, Just self-harm, ideation, yeah. Like, um, I okay, well, but even to answer your question, like the songs that I listened to, I was thinking about this, like I loved... Lincoln Park and My Chemical Romance and these like super punky bands mm-hmm. and the lyrics of those songs are very um I mean just depressing very emotional negative, for sure. emotional and and I had a very bright and bubbly childhood um but I loved those songs I was like yeah this is this is my song mm-hmm. I had no no way to relate to it really um but I see it now um just with the rise in artists like Machine Gun Kelly and then some of these other TikTok artists who um, just have these lyrics that are very explicit about harming themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there being this massive rise in in kids hurting themselves, you know, whether it's cutting, burning, any of that, um, just self-harm. Um, so it's like, it, there's always inappropriate details in songs, um, but I, I see this rise in it being more violent. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting because sometimes we gravitate toward a, song, toward a song because it's something that we relate to. Other times we just really enjoy that artist or that song and all of a sudden we want to connect to the lyrics mm. because we like the the melody so much or mm-hmm. the melody yes. makes us feel something. And so somebody who maybe was not into, like I didn't, I didn't even, I've never smoked a cigarette. Like I didn't <laughs> grow up doing any drugs, any anything like that. But when I was in college, 
everybody was listening to certain like genres of music that really glorified that. And so yeah. I've, I've never used marijuana in my life, but I was singing about it and acting <laughs> like it was so cool because that yeah. was the music I was listening to. Yeah. So it's, it's just interesting how sometimes it becomes a, it's such a powerful influence. And that's music. And really. I think sometimes like in your case, it didn't, it didn't cause you to smoke marijuana. Of course you were older, but that's not every child's story. Sure. And I think the, the reason we were so protective of it to use that word, is because biblically, it says in Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And for the child, you don't know if your child is going to be tempted by drugs or self-harm or promiscuity. You don't know what tendency is in them. You want to protect them from that taking root. Mm. And again, we talked about this in another podcast, that protection versus preparing, and then talk about, uh, that's why I wanted Megan to read those lyrics. Like, yeah. let's really talk about, I'm just not making this up. I just don't want you to not listen to it because I don't want you to listen to it. I don't want you to listen to it because this is not you. Yeah. Right. You are not going to ask a guy <laughs> to do that to you. Don't say it. Don't say it. So, so to sing that is putting either ideas in your head or somebody yeah. else's. So we want also, to also let me just let me just add into my very dead last love language is physical touch. <laughs> so I very really dead wasn't you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um no. Megan was not probably my child I would have been most concerned about this, but Emily ended up being a musical theater major. She is very moved by music, mm -hmm. very moved by, you know, drama and yeah. creative expression. And I remember uh, when she was in school playing in the playground after school, there had been some school function and all the parents were there picking up their kids and they, letting them play longer. And one of her good little friends who actually ended up in that chorus group we talked about mm -hmm. before, her dad was picking her up and she was begging to let Emily come home with them because she had on a Britney Spears necklace and they were kindergarten, kindergarten or first grade, really little. And she's, and Emily said, she's going to let me wear her necklace and I'm going to get to watch Britney Spears. And I looked at the other parent and I said, come on, I've known him forever. We went to college together. Really, Fred? I said, Britney Spears at six, are we doing this? And he goes, it's harmless. And I said, no, both our daughters love to sing, love to dance. They were in dance together. I said, I don't, I don't think I'm ready for Emily to start dressing and acting mm -hmm. like Britney Spears at yeah. her age. Mm -hmm. And I said, so the answer is no. I said this right in front of the dad. And he goes, come on, you're not going to let her come over just for that. I said, Until, unless you tell me they're not going to do that. No, because this is something we've decided, decided for Emily is a particularly dangerous role model. Yeah. And I think you said it perfectly when you were like, we don't know what's going to take root. You know, mm -hmm. there's so many ways we come across this music, whether it's Megan's situation of wanting to fit in with her friends or like you mentioned, Abby, it's just you have a drawing towards maybe th uh, the rhythm or the actual mm -hmm. instruments in the music. But mm -hmm. um, the lyrics can just be so powerful and you don't know um, what's going to strike a chord of temptation in your life. When you think about self-harm at the time, somebody learns or loves that song or maybe they're moved by it. Maybe it doesn't. Um, inspire them to do something negative like that until they hit a part where somebody breaks up with them yeah. and they're lonely and they're depressed. Mm -hmm. And then they remember that the song they love and they do take action. Well, that, it. I mean, that was part of it because I mean, Lincoln Park was a, 
a band I started listening to when I was probably like nine and just fell in love with. And um, the lead singer took his own life um, mm. a couple of years ago. And I remember just being like shocked and having a conversation with my older brother who he loved he loves the band too and him being like well are you shocked like look at the lyrics mm-hmm. and I it didn't yeah. it didn't hit me mm-hmm. but like to other people listening to that music who who struggle with that it it just kind of woke me up to it my um career before coming to imom and managing the content here was in radio for 15 years and we used to get requests all the time to come and speak to teens and and kids about the power of music and i used to do this little experiment talking about like how lyrics are words on a paper and it's one thing to read them but then when you set them to music how much more powerful oh. they become and same rings true for um, good lyrics like when you take scripture and you set it to music mm-hmm. it just like brings it to life and it mm-hmm. it puts it, it it takes it to a deeper place you know that's why yeah. worship in church is so powerful um, that key change you know yeah <laughs> yeah but I used to do this like I read um, these Taylor Swift lyrics to a group of kids and I actually first I played a clip of um, blank space. This was, so this was a few years ago now. Nice. And then I said, okay, let's, let's rewind. And I read the lyrics and the one verse was screaming, crying, perfect storms. I can make all the tables turn rose garden filled with thorns. Keep you second guessing like, Oh my God, who is she? I get drunk on jealousy, but you come back every time you leave. Cause darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. And like, I looked at these kids and specifically the girls and I'm like, is that really how you behave when, you know, if you were in a relationship, like it's super dramatic. Like, mm-hmm. do you get drunk on jealousy? It's like, it's all this poetry. Mm-hmm. When you put it to music though, it feels like this is my life. And mm-hmm. yes, I am making all the tables turn and I'm throwing things and I'm this and that. Like, this really is not how you are living your life, is it? And they're like, no, wow, no. And so it became a really like interesting experiment. And then I did the same thing with lyrics for music that we were playing on the Christian station I was working at. And so I read these plain lyrics and then I played it in the song and like, it's a super like moving song. And so I said, just notice how music affects you deeply. Like it's, I just want you to recognize it you know just plant that seed that music is powerful you know it's hypnotic in a lot of ways so I guess at the end of the day what I'd like to point out to moms is have you just accepted accessibility and allowed your child access to anything Mm -hmm. thinking well this is the way of the world because if you have you may regret it later. Mm-hmm. So how do they fight then? Do you put monitoring software? Do you not put a credit card on your kid's phone so that they can purchase music or don't ha- they don't have a Spotify account? You know, who was it I was talking to earlier? Was it you, Megan, that, that was, or was it you, Chloe, that said a lot of parents that you know today are not letting their kids have phones? Yeah, it was me. Because because of that, I think I ho- I'm hoping there will be a backlash of what taking a control. Would be. <laughs> Just taking a little more control yeah. and saying we're not going to give kids phones oh, yeah. until they're ready. This person that I was talking to, they came to that decision because all their friends are the same way. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So I, th- I think you do have to protect the phone, create some form of, uh, you know, where you don't let boundaries. them download. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boundaries where yeah. they can't download whatever. And then maybe make them read it to their dad. 
<laughs> read it to Megan's dad. Yeah. Or call oh, Megan. Oh. They can read it to Megan. Yeah. <laughs> I would read a song to you, Megan. <laughs> so we have a great article on iMom, and I'll put it in the show notes. It's seven questions to get your kids to think about inappropriate song lyrics. And I think that maybe because music is everywhere today and media is everywhere. So this this is specific to music, but I think you can apply it to other things. Because it's everywhere, we don't want to just tell kids, no, you can't have this. No, you can't have a phone because eventually they're going to have a phone right. mm-hmm. or eventually they're going to get access to this music. So what we want to do is help them form their consciences. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really the, the goal, right? So these questions will help them do that. Kind of like in the in another episode where we were talking about Susan asking Megan, is this the guy you want to marry? Is this the life that you want? You know, asking these questions that help them come to the conclusions that will benefit them. So I'm going to run these by you and you guys tell me what you think about these questions. So first one is, what is this song about? So Megan, if... Your dad had said, what is the song about? Do you think you would have even known what to tell him? Before I read the lyrics or after? No, let's say after even. Uh, After I fully knew. I mean, I think even before I knew what she was talking about, but having to read them (laughs) just makes it that much more awkward. (laughs) Um, Do you relate to these lyrics? I think that could be a really powerful one to hear their answer to, especially if it's a song about self-harm or that would be an insightful one for the parent. Yeah. Necessarily for the child. Sure. Sure. Would you not be concerned if your nine-year-old was like, yeah, I relate to this Christina Aguilera. You would would be like, all right, let's talk about that. (laughs) Unless you were really into Aladdin. Yeah. I love genius. Especially if it were self-harm. Like, yeah, I've thought about it. What would it feel like to cut myself? Yeah. Yeah. That's red flag. Yeah. Yeah, It's a conversation. Okay. So if you ask your kid, what do you think makes a good song? (laughs) My mind goes straight to like music theory. Like, yeah. I don't know well, how I, I mean, would answer I think that. that a lot of kids would say that it has a good beat because I used to do that to my parents. Like I would I'd be like, no, but this song is really good. I just like the I just like the music because like, mm-hmm. they would say, do you really do you know what this is saying? And I'd be like, oh, it's just a good song. It's got a good beat. Yeah. Well, I think songs in general are for entertainment. Mm-hmm. But are you being entertained by evil or good? Mm. And I- and if you're if you like entertainment, if you like entertainment that is is dark, that's sort of a flag. Mm hmm. Why do you think these artists use cuss words and sing about sex, drugs, alcohol, and complicated relationships? If you ask your kid that, I mean, what would they say? Yeah. Well, they just want, hopefully they'd say it's about the money. It's about getting, it's sales. It's what's popular. And so whatever Mm -hmm. pushes the envelope sells. Yeah. And And it's been like that forever. And so what I'd say to the child, you realize you're being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If someone actually did, so here's another question. If someone actually did the things mentioned in this song, what do you think would happen? Mm. I think yeah. That's a good I one. Think, I think a lot of the artists do. And that's why, you yeah. know, but some Chloe of the things was saying are, earlier that some of them are seriously depressed and overdose and die. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, that is what happens to some of them. Yeah, I, I think about um, like the 27 Club, the just all these like really I don't know what that is. Um, there's a handful of art, really popular artists, Amy Winehouse, Mac Miller. Uh, oh, who died? Who died at 27. Right. Um, all overdoses. Janis Joplin. You are up on your music. I'm really impressed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I it I'm 26. So it, it just kind of like. I Do I need to watch you? And I, I, I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Can I look at your phone? I, 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 I have music for you. But um, 
I don't know, just like when you listen to the lyrics of some of these artists and you hear the stuff they're singing about, um, like partying, doing drugs, things like that. Um, Amy Winehouse, they try to make me go to rehab. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> like, right. and it's tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like to make its point, um, a lot of these artists are living this life and um, what does it lead to? Mm-hmm. So maybe a better way to drill down on that question is what they're singing about. Is it legal? Is it moral? Is mm-hmm. it biblical? Those are the three hierarchies. There's things that are not biblical. And if you're a believer, you want to adhere to that. There's things that culturally are moral and moral. And then there's illegal. Mm. And where does this song fall? Mm. It's great. The last question then is, uh, how do you think music affects the people who listen to it, especially kids your age? And I think that if you're asking like a 15 year old this question, they might cop an attitude and might be like, oh, it doesn't. It's just a song, mom. Mm-hmm. It's just a song. Um, but again, I think you're planting that, that seed. Is there mm-hmm. one more in? So when you die, do you believe in God? And if the child says yes, I say, okay, so when you stand before God and see the highlight reel, mm-hmm. the, the playback reel of your life, and you've spent time listening to a lot of music, are you is, are you going to feel good about that in front mm-hmm. of the Lord? Or are you going to feel convicted? There used to be that the thing about like, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, I used to ask the kids when I was talking to them, I'd say, if Jesus was in the passenger seat of exactly. your car, exactly, uh, yeah. you're listening to yeah. that's the old classic Christian, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, but I think that you know these questions are examples of being intentional with our with our children and not just kind of throwing up your hands and be like, well, they're going to listen to stuff, that's and, right? Yeah. Okay, I mean, we are giving you tools to actually sit down and have these conversations and. Be feel empowered. I hope you know. Feel like you're taking back some of the power to at least talk to your kids and get them to be more critical about what they're they're taking in. Mm. We didn't even get into ASMR. Oh gosh, and that whole angle of you know YouTube and all that. I guess that's a story for another day. But yeah, there's got to be filters on YouTube. I think there are. Well, my kids just the other day, my sons just subscribed to YouTube kids and I had to approve it. I had to like, I'll, it's through my email. And so I can log on and see everything that they're watching and all they watch are a guy watching Minecraft. It's just mind blowing to me. I don't get it. Guys watching videos, watching other people. Watching someone watch. It's so, yeah, it's so (sighs) popular. Yeah. And Minecraft is such a boring game (laughs) anyway. It's so lame. I don't get it. (laughs) I just, I don't get it. So pray for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So tell us what we missed. Is there another great way to monitor what your kids are taking in or another way to get your kids to think more critically about the media that they consume? You can find a link to answer that question in the show notes and links to all the articles we talked about as well. We've also provided a link to subscribe to our iMom Minute so you can get quick daily inspiration right in your inbox. If you enjoy listening, make sure you rate us on iTunes so it helps other moms find us too. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the iMom podcast. iMom is the motherhood program of the nonprofit organization Family First. Along with our fatherhood program, All Pro Dad, we exist to help you love your family well. Subscribe to our daily email, the iMom Minute, by going to imom.com slash subscribe and get tons of great ideas, insight, and inspiration. The iMom podcast is hosted by me, Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal. Edited by Isaiah Gunther.